Just Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Colby, out of town after I was out of town last week. Today we have Just Baseball's own, can I call you the voice of Just Baseball, Jack McMullen? I don't think that's fair. Um, number one, I think that, you know, Peter and Aram do a great job. That feels like a diminishing uh remark for peter and aram and number two i got a tea time in like 45 so we got to make this snappy bro. okay all right <laughs> big golf guy um for those of you not on youtube jack is sporting a tennessee orange i believe it's called a tie-dye shirt is, is that what that is yeah and i don't have a tea time i don't play golf okay good good <laughs> um well we are here today to talk about when the weekend as we do um we are recording on thursday morning so anything that happens after this will not be on this podcast we'll discuss next. We're going to talk about some injuries, a couple pitchers, and some players for this weekend. Jack, you ready to dive in? I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to do so, man. I um I'm in a free league like for fun with my younger brother who doesn't know much about baseball at all. Um a couple family members that know a ton about baseball and then a lot of my baseball friends from college. So, I dabble in the fantasy baseball world. Um but I'm watching ball every day, so I will try and contextualize as much as I can. I say it all the time here. I know it's fun to win the league, but fantasy baseball is supposed to be fun, and you're doing it the right way. Like You're doing it with people that you want to kind of talk shit to on occasion, you know, about fantasy and just kind of communicate and have fun with. I like that. Yeah. First bit of news, the Yankees losing their slugger Stanton six weeks out. So we all knew he'd be injured at some point this season. That happens just about every year. How are they going to replace him? We saw IKF start in center field. We've seen Franchi Cordero play some. Um, in terms of value for fantasy, where if I have Stanton and I want to replace him with a Yankee, are there any Yankees that are going to see more playing time that you could see bringing value? Um. Like, no, you know what I mean? It's going to be a piecemeal of like trying to, you know, get, get some power from Franchi and some speed and defense from IKF. It's you are going to try and create a sum of parts to equal some sort of production that Giancarlo Stanton would give you uh, in his own right. And, and I think that, you know, obviously you get a defensive upgrade, but no fantasy baseball player cares about outs above yeah. average and defensive run saves. So, yeah, I guess Franchi would be the play. Um, if Oswaldo Cabrera is available in your league, go do that, man. Because this guy, like, he's on this roster because he's a really talented ball player and he's a Swiss Army knife. So the corresponding move w was really interesting to me. So Stanton hits the IL. Who do they go with? They go with Oswald Peraza, who was the shortstop that was phased out of spring training by Anthony Volpe, who got that opening day shortstop knock. Glaber Torres is playing exceptionally well. So how does this work? Like Peraz is not going to the outfield. Volpe's not going to the outfield. Torres isn't going to the outfield. He'll DH if anything. Um, yes, Aaron Hicks will probably still get some run. IKF will still get some run. But I think Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be playing every day for the next six weeks. I loved when IKF, I think it was 2021, had a hot start. And he was like a fantasy baseball option. And people were like, 
the typical move of every MLB fan base is like, hey, let's trade for this guy because he's hitting 300. But then you realize like, yeah, but he's not a good baseball player. (laughs) And that's just what happens. Um, To run through some other injury notes, Will Smith day-to-day with a concussion should be coming back soon. soon. Starling Marte, older than maybe some people realize, um, a good player. He hasn't been stealing bases like he used to. He's He's banged up quite frequently, and he's banged up now. I know it's kind of a day-to-day thing so far. Starling Marte, do you think – I guess the question should be, just how high is his ceiling this year? Do you think he's what he used to be? Like, the stolen bases are not what they once were. I don't think you can count on the steals the same way that you used to. It used to be, oh, yeah, put him on your team. He's going to steal bases, but – what can Starling Marte really bring this year to a fantasy lineup? Yeah, I think he's going to bring a bit more power than you've come to expect from Marte because I think that his game is probably transitioning. Um, you mentioned he's no spring chicken, man. Like, he's 34 years old, and he's not a young 34 either. Um, so Starling Marte, like, the tread on his tires is starting to come off, I feel like. And by that, I mean the freakish athleticism that we saw from him in Pittsburgh and in Oakland and in Miami for a moment. Like, all of these things, you know, I think they're starting to go away. So you can't bank on 30 bags, which is why Starling Marte was an appealing product in fantasy baseball, I think. Now, as the bags start to go away, I think the homer total will increase. Chaz McCormick injured 10-day IL. Um, Man, the Astros are not exactly – oh, okay. First off, they're not full strength. Let's get that out of the way. We all know that. The replacements have not been phenomenal, to say the least. Um, I mean, Mauricio Dubon is, like, being picked up in some fantasy leagues, deeper ones, but, like, that's what they're rolling with right now. Dubon's hitting the crap out of the ball, man. He's hitting 320. (laughs) I love Mauricio Dubon. Shout out Panama. I remember listening to a podcast in 2020 and they were talking about the Giants and like, whose jersey would you buy on this team? And everyone's like, oh, Mauricio Dubon, man. Like, intriguing. Yeah. Um, Garrett Mitchell, um, Loriano for the A's, hitting the IL as well. But the big one here is Jeffrey Springs out for the year. And I know that you all talked about it on the Just Baseball show. You can find that in your podcast feeds and on YouTube. So who is getting these innings, and is it the top prospect that we just saw against the Reds, Taj Bradley? Yeah, short answer, yes. It's going to be Taj. Taj Bradley's going to get those innings. Right now, they're running out three starters with Eflin on the shelf with a back thing and Springs dealing with, you know, this. I mean, headed for TJ. Uh, crazy sciencey term for what was going on, right? Ulnar neuritis. It was like inflammation of the nerve in his throwing elbow, which is so scary. And, you know, I hope Springs can make a full recovery because this guy, hey, he was great last year in a bunch of different roles after being an afterthought in terms of Major League Baseball player for a long time. Signs a 30 plus million dollar deal and looks amazing to start the year, but hits the shelf. But the short answer is yes, comma, Taj Bradley is the guy. Um Oh, sorry, Todd. Taj, I just want to mention, is owned in 22% of ESPN leagues. I expect that to skyrocket. Yeah, that's got to shoot up. I, he is He's an excellent three-pitch guy right now. And, and if the strikeout totals have told us anything so far, it's that he will pitch to a serviceable ERA for fantasy baseball, 
and be a strikeout guy, which you don't see much from a lot of rookie pitchers. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the strikeouts. That's 17 Ks and 10.1 innings, two walks, 2.61 ERA. Now he carved up the Reds in one of those starts. Um, you know, a lot of times with fan fantasy, you're chasing strikeouts, especially if, if you're in some type of a category league. But in a points league as well, that helps. The innings here, do we have any type of concern on just how many innings he's going to pitch? No, not really. Aram and I talked about it on the Just Baseball show when Taj made his debut. Um, we talked about his pitch count totals in uh, in AAA. His first couple of starts, he threw fewer than 60 pitches with AAA Durham. But then he ran it up, I want to say, just under 80 pitches in his Major League debut. And then he was over 80 pitches in his second start at Great American Ballpark. So I think this guy, like, while he may not be 100 pitches, you know, he, he may get yanked in the fifth if he's reaching that 90 pitch marker. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a tight leash on Taj Bradley at all. And, I mean, dude, if he showed us anything about a four-seamer playing at Great American Ballpark, it's that he's going to pitch a, enough innings and prevent enough runs to stay in games and accumulate those strikeouts. The next guy we, we want to talk about here. Just went six innings of three hit ball with six Ks against the Rockies, which I am wearing my Rocky City Connect hat today, I love it. I love which it. Um, is the best City Connect, but one of the worst teams in the league. Johan Oviedo right now for the Pirates owned in under 30% of leagues. I say pick him up 2.29 ERA, 21 Ks and 19.2 innings as somebody who's, you know, I will consider you part of the Pirates organization at this point, being the AAA announcer for, for the radio side. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, so Oviedo is a guy that I don't think many people know or knew. He was part of the Jose Quintana deal last year, and he came to triple right after that. And then he got you know a brief stint up. He was an opener slash swingman type at the end of last year for Pittsburgh. But when JT Brubaker went down, it was Oviedo that slid into that fifth starter role. Oviedo came over with Malcolm Nunez, first base prospect uh, in the Pirates system for Quintana and Chris Stratton, who was like a sell low reliever at the time. Quintana, obviously the headliner. Um, Johan Oviedo had some really weird splits at the big league level. He got a couple years uh, with St. Louis, just like sporadic, you know, we'll start some games, come out of the bullpen. And, and the splits indicate that he was much better as a reliever than he was a starter. He was a spot starter in St. Louis. And, like, listen, St. Louis could use Johan Oviedo right now. Two years ago, even last year, they didn't need Johan Oviedo. So this was a guy that was, like, constantly in a pressure-packed audition-type situation whenever he would start a game in St. Louis, and he struggled. So he was a starter in AAA, a spot starter in the bigs, and a really good reliever for them. I want to say sub-3 ERA out of the bullpen in St. Louis. Now, all of a sudden, he enters a stress-free environment. Brubaker looks like he's going to be out for a long time, maybe the entire season. He enters an environment where he is pitching for a team that does not have World Series expectations, like St. Louis, and is guaranteed a start every fifth day. I think a comfortable Johan Oviedo, you're going to see all the stuff play true to what it is, which is a mid-90s fastball, which is a great slider, and a couple other secondary pitches that can work off of that tandem really well. Oviedo's a big guy. He's a fun guy to watch. And I think that if you want to turn into, if you want to tune into a Pirates game, a Johan Oviedo start is a good place to start. First place Pirates, plenty of reasons to tune in right now, even without 
O'Neill Cruz. What and we a got Rowanzi today. Kind of a fun team. They really yeah. are. I, I don't want to get down the Pirates thing and, and get you all giddy this early, but real quick, can I can I shower Jay Bay in some love? G1 yeah. Bay is like a guy that I think is worth some roster spots on fantasy benches because he will hit just enough homers. He's going to hit to a high enough average. He's going to steal bases when he gets on. He's versatile. He can play anywhere. Like if you allow me to spew one bit of propaganda regarding the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's about G1 Bay. I like that. We talked about him, I believe, last week a little bit. Um, a player with some positional flexibility for fantasy leagues as well. Last player I want to talk about before we get into this weekend. Yeah. Mason Miller, top 100 prospect at justbaseball.com. Aram did a great feature on him as well. You can find that on the website. Mason Miller debuts kind of so he pitches one game in double, one game in triple. And the A's say, like, he pitched his way here. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Something I did not expect the A's to say or do. He comes up, pitches extremely well in his debut. And everyone's excited for the first time in Oakland about this team. And then the A's pretty much say, yeah, we're going to Vegas later that day. Yeah. So I I do want to touch on that a tiny bit after this, but just – Let's talk about Mason Miller, owned in 5% of leagues. What I saw, I watched the entire start yesterday. And if, if I look like I'm tired in my eyes, it's because I've been staying up every night to watch Oakland A's baseball. Yeah, for, you should stop doing reason. that to yourself. Yeah, But this game was by far the best start that we've seen from an athletic pitcher. And in that ballpark, I think he's an option not only in deep leagues, but maybe even a 12-man league if you're really struggling with injuries in a 10-man league. Grab him now. See if he can replicate that. Now, the wins aren't going to help. You probably aren't going to get many wins. No. I love the fastball. He touched, uh, I think he topped at a 102.5 yesterday. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Mason Miller. Yeah. So, Miller, I mean, you look at the final line, right? Four and a third, four hits, two earned, five punch outs, one walk. Solid. For, for a major league debut, like, I'll absolutely take that. You go to Baseball Savant and you see, you know, the, the thing that everybody's eyes gravitate towards at the top of the game feed, which is top pitch velocity. You see exit velo. Uh, I'm sorry that Yandy Diaz took one of the first pitches from Levi Stout, 114.5 over the wall and left. Oh, my gosh. But um, you look at top pitch velo, the five fastest pitches from yesterday's action. Jordan Hicks at 102.8. Jordan Hicks at 102.5. Mason Miller at 102.5. Mason Miller at 102.3. Camilo Doval at 101.9. So this starting pitcher finds himself sandwiched between Jordan Hicks, who is like Instagram and YouTube highlight compilations yeah. favorite. Like he's this era's Aroldis Chapman because he lights up the radar gun. And Camilo Doval, who looks like a dominant closer uh, in waiting here in San Francisco. When they get good, Doval is going to be the closer for that team. He's the closer for that team already. Um the fact that this guy is pumping out those types of velos and is starting uh, feels very Hunter Green-esque. And I think all of the energy that people had regarding Hunter Green last year, they should have regarding Mason Miller. Green was an immediate pickup. He was an opening day starter this year. I, I don't think that Miller is an opening day starter next year for them. Hell, he could be. Like, that roster isn't that great. Um, but... I think that that guy should be met with similar energy to the energy that, that the baseball community gave Hunter Green. 
I think that he has a higher ceiling than any other pitcher that I've seen start for the Oakland Athletics. So that includes some former top 100, some high prospects. Um, when he was missing, it was just barely. Now, once he started getting to the outing, some he had a couple pitchers that pitches that got away from him. But I just love the kid's stuff. Um, you mentioned Levi Stout. I I understand we get to talk about Levi Stout because it's a fantasy show in deep leagues. Some people probably saw him and thought an option that no one knows about. Let me just tell you real quick, one out in the first inning, one out in the first inning. This was the contact exit velos that he had already given up. 114.5, 105, 114.3, 74.8, 101.9, 97.8, 105.6. One out in the first. Uh, Levi Stout, not a fantasy option. Jack, the Oakland Athletics moving to Vegas. I know you all were talking about it. I know that that's something you all are getting. Any quick little thing you, you, you want to provide us? I love it. I love the move. Um, I think that this team was a sitting duck, unfortunately. And I know that you love that A's fan base. I know that the city, the city of Oakland, like the Oakland A's fan base converges on a good baseball team. And if the A's were good, they'd be packing the Coliseum as much of a crap hole as that place is, right? Like, that's the thing, man. I mean, I feel really bad for Oakland A's fans, but something needed to change because so much of the conversation around that team is that organization's in a bad spot. Um, the ballpark stinks. The location's brutal. Something needs to change. So, after constantly yelling at clouds, saying that something that something needs to change, I'm happy that something's changing. I'm mostly glad that there's just an, an answer at this yes. point. Yes, we needed closure. The air. We needed the closure. Um, I went to Oakland last year. I love the A's fans. Wrote a feature on Last Dive Bar, a, a group of fans that do charity. Like these people love the Oakland Athletics. Cool thing about going to an Oakland game, there's not a ton of people. Every single person that's there freaking loves the A's. There's no casuals. So it's kind of a fun atmosphere, even though no one's there. Um, I am sad for the fans. I am happy that something gets to change here. And hopefully, hopefully the A's, you know, start investing in their team more now that they have a new, fresh start. But I hope so. Old habits die hard, man. (laughs) But I hope so. You know what's interesting is their AAA teams there, right? So, yeah. What's going to happen with their AAA team? They'll probably move them um, to Oakland, play at the Coliseum. I hope so, man. I hope so. They're uh, what their high A teams in Stockton or their low A yeah. teams in Stockton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what happens with Vegas. That's a great ballpark, man. Like, yeah. I wonder how that's going to work. I think Vegas is the consistent landing spot for the AAA championship game every year. Um, so I wonder if they'll just like have that as an event space because um, they're build- they're building a brand new ballpark in Vegas. Yeah. Of course, you can't put a major league baseball team at that ballpark, but that's one of the better ones in non major league baseball. Jack, before we get into the weekend, we got to talk about so rare, so yeah. rare, um, a new fantasy baseball game that makes you the owner, right? Free to play, build your own fantasy team with officially licensed digital cards. And they're actually like really cool. Like, yeah, I get on there and, I'm flipping through and you kind of have a budget to build a team. And I realized quickly that I went over budget. So 
not the world's best GM, but you get to be the GM, buy, sell, trade, and construct a team to compete and win prizes. It's free to play, and if you keep winning, you keep advancing. Go over to SoRare.com, build your own team, and see if you can steal some prizes for free, right? SoRare, your fantasy baseball front office. I love that tagline, your fantasy baseball front office. Yeah, I love it, man. And it's it's interesting because like there is an element of player retention there that, you know, hey, you have a really solid team. Like you can keep that card if you perform that well. So there is player retention. Like you can have a ride or die guy. If if Otani's your king, like you can have Shohei Otani in your lineup every week. You can do it. And the other thing is, say you have just a week from hell, like brutal week on so <laughs> rare, you can start from scratch the very next week, which is win, pretty win. awesome. It's it's a win-win, and I love the budget idea because, you know, you operate on constraints and you can't wheel and deal and, you know, pull an A.J. Preller. Um, I think that situation is unique to only the San Diego Padres. Jack, pro salary cap guy, just kind of said it without saying it. No, I am. <laughs> so am I. Okay, let's get into the weekend specific. You will love this, Jack, because on the Just Baseball show, you have to talk about Oh, well, it's a small sample size, and we go blah, 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 blah. Here, we get to talk about nothing but small sample sizes. Who will perform well this weekend? Yes. The reason we do this, if your league concludes on Sunday, you're playing head-to-head, here are some moves that you can make that's going to help you potentially steal a win this weekend. The first one I want to talk about is picking up Brandon Marsh. Um, Outfielder for the Phillies owned in 28.6% of leagues has looked better all around this season than what we saw last year, traded over to Philly at the deadline for Logan Ohapi. Um, He's hitting fastballs better to start this season. Hit 243 off fastballs last year, up to 375 this year already with two home runs off the pitch and five doubles. What I like here, he plays the Rockies this weekend, the whole weekend. Not exactly the best team in the MLB. Now, after this, you know, you may want to keep him around because he's been playing well, but he has the Mariners, Astros, Rangers, Yankees after that. Some tough matchups. This weekend, Noah Davis, Kyle Freeland, which is a lefty. He may sit against that one. We'll see. And Jose Urena, the cockroach of the MLB. Guys had a, over five ERA since 2018, and he's still getting paid to play baseball. Brandon Marsh, tell us about him, Jack. I like Marsh. I like that pickup. You know, Marsh is a guy that has had a very interesting narrative around him for the last couple of years where he was the guy that was an excellent center fielder. And you thought, hey, maybe move Trout to the corner. This guy's the center fielder of the future. And he was winning the head-to-head battle with Adele. And then he starts last year, and he just looks pretty brutal. He performs enough for the Phillies to be enticed at the deadline and it's a one for one straight up deal for one of the top catching prospects. And now the starting catcher, Logan O'Hoppy, who I'm sure that you guys have hit on uh, at some point on the just fantasy show. But um, Marsh was a defense and uh, intangibles guy last year for the Phillies. Now I think he's starting to put together some of that offensive prowess that we were expecting and what better team to do it against than the Colorado Rockies. I love it, man. Colorado Rockies. I, I, I want to just talk about them for hours, but we won't. Um, I'll quickly mention Jonah Heim. If you need a catcher, um, only 8% of leagues, he might be able to help you. Hitting over 300 this past week with 
two home runs on the season. Catching can be a weak position at times, especially on the waiver wire. He's playing at home against the Oakland Athletics, um, the Las Vegas Athletics. So that's a good one. But Jack, I want to talk to you about J.D. Davis. Owned in 9% of leagues. Now, I kind of like what he's got going this weekend. He's played for the Giants. They're going up against David Peterson, a lefty for the Mets on Saturday, Tyler McGill Sunday. Davis this year, 347, 389, 633. That's good for a 171 WRC+. The K rate's down to 22.2%, four home runs, 13 RBI. We have seen the Giants kind of take some players who haven't been great and make them good. I'm not saying this is the case with J.D. Davis. We've seen some bad baseball from him. I personally thought he's a talented player who had a lot of pressure in New York. He comes over to the Giants. He's looking better overall. Like, Can I convince you to buy a little bit of J.D. Davis stock? Maybe, but I counter with small sample (laughs) so far, 16 games in. Uh, You mentioned the numbers. They're great. He already has four bombs. He's got two doubles as well. He's got 13 driven in. We love to see it. This is a pretty anemic roster in San Francisco right now, which is crazy. And like, you know, I think they'll hover around 500. I bet they finish a couple games below 500, but there isn't much sex appeal when it comes to fantasy baseball in the San Francisco Giants lineup, which almost makes J.D. Davis more appealing, right? When you play fantasy football, you think, okay, who's wide receiver one? Like, who's the top target, right? Who's going to get the targets? J.D. Davis is always going to be put in a situation to, like, succeed and try and help the Giants win games. I think the two guys that, you know, you look at this roster this year, the guys that may be put in the best situations are are Davis and Jock Peterson. Like Tyro Estrada is kind of forcing his hand in that situation. Like all of a sudden he's the two-hole guy. But uh, I think those are the two where the Giants are saying, hey, you know, let, let's try and win games centered around these two bats. Yeah, and, you know, 9% own probably a deeper league option. Um, I, I like that at least for this weekend. Um, oftentimes, you know, you have injuries. You just need to pick somebody up right now and play them for a short amount of time. That's a good option. Another thing that I like to do with fantasy, people like to pick up streamers for pitching, starting pitching, right? Yeah. That, that can be kind of iffy and it can be kind of not a lot of options. What I like to do is stream bullpen options every single day. So end of the night, first thing in the morning, see the matchups you like team-wise, and then just see who didn't pitch the past two days in the bullpen. Scoop that person up for one day. And it's funny because you're picking up players who are owned in 0.3% of leagues. Right. But in a points league, you might steal three, four, five points if they pitch well. It's a little bit dangerous sometimes. What I love is this weekend, the Twins bullpen at home against the Nationals. So what I'm doing is, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, I'm seeing who's pitched, who hasn't pitched. I'm scooping up the best option on the waiver wire from the Twins bullpen. I'm just doing that every day. I'm trying to steal some points, steal some strikeouts, because I don't think this national team's team is very good. And I think the Twins bullpen has enough, like, 
guys who are not on rosters, you know, non-closing options, yeah. that you can steal some points here. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't think that you're breaking any news by saying that the Washington Nationals aren't that good. <laughs> um, Minnesota, like – I've got I've got my guy Yohan Duran on my fantasy team because he's a stud and I think that he's got like best closer in baseball type stuff. But yeah. Jorge Lopez, I don't know his ownership style, right? Emilio Pagan, I don't know. Caleb Thielbar, Griffin Jacks, I don't know. All these guys can get outs, yeah. especially against the Washington Nationals. I'm not worried about that. Um, the, the thing that interests me most about Minnesota is, you know, all these starting pitchers are owned. Like there's no five. Here yeah. it's you know Pablo Lopez is the one, Kenta Maeda or Tyler Malley is the five, and then you got Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan sprinkled in between. So all these guys are are owned. How do you how do you find the edge when it comes to Minnesota? And I think your answer is probably in the bullpen. Yeah. Yep. I love the Phillies offense this weekend. If you you know you're battling injuries, you're in between spots, you're waiting for someone to come back, you need to scoop somebody up. Philly's offense against those Colorado pitchers that we've already talked about. I mean, Jose Urena, Kyle Freeland, Noah Davis, yuck. Give me anyone on the Phillies offense if you're looking for something. Pitching streamers to close out the show. I like Braxton Garrett versus Cleveland on Friday, and I'll tell you why. Not only is he a – and keep in mind, we don't have a lot of options here. Options are slim. We're giving you options. Uh, Jack's laughing is why I'm doing this because – you have to realize in fantasy baseball, Jack, sometimes the options suck. Yeah. And you just pick, okay, is this guy giving up four runs or is this guy giving up five runs? You know what give, I mean? Give me Shintaro Fujinami against the Texas Rangers on Saturday. Oh, no. <laughs> I like Braxton Garrett. I think he's pretty good. And against Cleveland, the reason why I like it is Cleveland's cold and rainy, man. That's what it's going to be like this weekend. Yeah. Um, I know that's a huge surprise to anyone who lives in that area. But the ball is not traveling very well in Cleveland to start the year. Lineup's a little bit cold. Garrett, 338 ERA, 8.78 Ks per nine, 3.01 FIP. Perfectly fine pitcher. You're looking for someone to give you five or six innings, give up two, maybe three runs, strike a few guys out. You know, an average to slightly above average start. I like Garrett. Can I give you um, a pretty interesting name, I'd say? Um Tyler Wells against Detroit on yep. Friday night. I looked at that one as well. I like Tyler Wells. It's a home start on a Friday night. Um, Detroit's not scoring runs. They took some games from Cleveland in like crappy weather. All Erod, walk-offs. Yeah. Yeah. And like Erod went eight shutout in a game that lasted an hour and 50 minutes. Like th- there's nothing much going on in terms of the bats. In all the big bats, aside from Kerry Carpenter in that lineup, are are right-handed, right? So I'm thinking deeper wall. Give me Tyler Wells against Detroit on Friday night. I like that. Tyler Wells has been, you know, they last year when he started, they weren't letting him go very deep, but he was effective. I think they're going to start letting him go deeper in games. Um, I like that pick. I hate the Tigers lineup. Um, I just don't see much. Like, there's no one in there that really, truly scares me. Like, Nick Maton's leading off. I think Carpenter is the only guy that that instills a teensy bit of fear right now. Even then, like, I'll take my chances. Um, If you want a dangerous option to stream, Hayden Wozneski versus the Dodgers Saturday. And the reason why I put this on here is it's kind of big brain thinking is deeper leagues. 
if you get wasn't what wasn't Nesky? Golly, Nesky, yeah. crap! If you pick him up and he pitches well, then you have him. Then you can keep him. That's yeah. the angle here. So you can maybe get a decent start, but if he does pitch well, everyone's going to be picking him up. So get out ahead of the trend. He just went seven shutout with seven Ks versus Oakland. Okay, I know Oakland sucks. He was pretty bad in the previous starts, but we know this guy's talent and we've seen it already. I like him. The fastball's been getting just crushed. Batters are hitting over or hitting 500 off the fastball. I think he'll adjust. I think that will change. Right. And I think overall he's going to be trending up and it's an opportunity to kind of buy low on him. I I hope so. Like the way that I look at that start, especially against Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers is things could either go really good or really bad. It could be a 2-1 game that the Cubs win, um, or it could be a 10-1 Dodger win, and Wesneski's bounced in the fourth. I don't know which one it's going to be. I wish I could tell you which one it's going to be, but I've got no idea. Another sneaky one, just for a one-off on Sunday, Peyton Battenfield against Miami. Deep cut. Deep cut here. I love watching Battenfield when he's in Columbus. He's a strike thrower. And we know that Marlins lineup, aside from Arise, is nothing special at all right now. It's against Jesus Lazardo, which means that Lazardo will probably pitch well, which means low scoring game. And I think that Battenfield could be one of those guys that, you know, sneaky matches Lazardo through five or six. You know, Hunter Gaddis has gotten a lot of starts for them. Yeah. Savion Curry is getting some like swingman type innings. Um, I'll probably lean Curry, but I think I lean Battenfield over Gaddis in terms of who I prefer. If you all see that shit grin on Jack's face, that is because he gets to come talk about players he never gets to talk about on I the just baseball show. Jack, any it. closing remarks? Yeah, I've got a question for you. Also, uh, there's a guy in San Diego who's going to make his season debut. If he's if he's not picked up already, I'd go pick him up. He's probably going to play right. Tatis? Something like that. Yeah, I would go. Good streaming option, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I've got a question. This this free league that I'm in right now, uh, I was scanning the pitchers available, and I can add Graham Ashcraft. He's available in, what, 44% of leagues? I love what Ashcraft is doing. Cincinnati Reds right-hander. Who do I drop for Ashcraft as I take you through my pitchers? Sandy, no. Wheeler, no. Logan Webb, no. Joe Ryan, I don't think so. Yeah. Chris Sale, Rowanzi Contreras, Yoan Duran, Ryan Helsley. Um, I don't know all the in, in and outs of your league, but if if it sounds like you need to keep two closers for a reason, I don't like. I I don't. So I could scrap Helsley and go with Ashcraft. I also love Chris Sale. It's <laughs> a guy that grew up a White Sox fan. And like- See, I was going to say Chris Sale needs to go. Like, I'm just out on him. The the injuries, like. But he just punched out 11 and allowed one run in six <sighs> innings against Minnesota. How many times have we said that and bought back in, though? I'm so bought back in. Graham Ashcraft, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is has just been shoving. And I'm currently writing an article about him that will be out on JustBaseball.com uh, on Friday all about his success so far this season. Fun pitcher to watch, Jack. You got to add him because fantasy baseball is supposed to be fun. And when you get to sit down and have more invested in Graham Ashcraft, you will have a better time. Should I add Christian Yelich too? Because he's fun. No. <laughs> no. Um, 
Oh, man. All right. Ashcraft for Helsley. Can I do it? I want to hold on to Chris Sale bad. Okay. Um, Does that make sense? I, I would say um, Minnesota's bullpen, like in terms of who will be the closer and be and will get saves, is a little bit shaky, I would say, compared to St. Louis's situation. St. Louis, like. Okay. Here's one. Luis Urias just got transferred to the 60 day IL. I just got to drop him, right? Yes. 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 Okay. But Is I this a 10 man league. league? Yeah. 10. Yeah. 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 Drop him. Okay. Uh, I don't, I'll, I'll figure out how to do that at some point later. I'm trying to do it on my phone right now. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, make sure to go buy your Just Baseball merch. This shirt that I'm wearing is the, like, athletic fit, whatever it's called. Not an athlete, but enjoy the way it feels. They run a little bit large, so. Got I'm you. usually large, bottom medium, fits well. Pro we don't we don't sell the tie-dye at the, tea, at the uh, Yet. merch Yet. store, but we'll work on it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. This has been the Just Fantasy Baseball Podcast.